0: You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Mulder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I want to minister a message this morning. Don't miss what God has planned for you. It's one thing to know. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. It's one thing to know it, but it's a completely different thing to possess it, to experience it, to know that you have it. It's one thing to have a prophetic picture like Joseph of the good future that God has planned for you. But it's a completely different thing to be able to walk in it so that God's name can be glorified in and through you. Amen? Knowing something and doing something, two completely different things. God has planned the promised land for Israel, but not all of Israel entered into the promised land. Think about it. God had planned the promised land for all of Israel, a type of the church, but not all of them entered into the promised land. Turn to the person next to you say, God has planned good things for you. Israel missed what God had planned for them. Not because of what was happening around them, but what was happening on the inside of them. They missed the promised land, not because of what was happening around them, but what was happening on the inside of them. When God took Israel out of Egypt, what was the first thing that he, he took them through the Red Sea? When God takes you on a journey out of a place of bondage, out of slavery... To the promised land, there's purpose in that journey. He took them through the Red Sea to bring separation between Israel and Egypt. Because when the waters closed up, they couldn't go back. But he took them into the desert to reveal what was in their hearts. The Bible says he took them into the desert to test them to see what was in their hearts God wanted to see what was in their hearts, but God also wanted to reveal to them what was going on in their hearts. Amen? Have you been in a desert time where God has been showing you what's been going on in your heart? Desert times will reveal to you what's going on in your heart. David knew this. He understood this principle. That's why he prayed and he said, God, test me, examine me, prove me, try my heart. Show me what's going on on the inside because what will hinder you to enter into the promised land is not what's happening on the outside. It's what's happening on the inside. Jeremiah says, the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. But the Lord searches the heart to see what's going on in your heart. Amen? You don't tell people what's going on in your heart. When you greet somebody, you say, Hello, how are you? So blessed to see you. But yeah, in your heart, I'm so angry with you. You upset me. You're offended with a person. But God looks at your heart. Christianity is all about your confession and your heart should be aligned. Your confession should have your heart's full agreement. When God reveals something about what's going in on your heart, go change the treasure. Change that treasure by allowing God's word, Jesus, into your heart and giving him the rightful place. Amen? So when there's wrong things going on in here, allow the word of God to discern the intents and the thoughts of your heart. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged thought. It has the ability to discern the intents and the thoughts of your heart. Heart. Amen or ena. Sometimes you think you're doing the right thing. You're moving in the right direction. And then the word of God reveals something. It's not right. Change that treasure. Amen. Change that treasure so that you can enter into the fullness of what God has promised for you. Have you ever said, God promised me? If God has given you a promise, I want to encourage you. Walk in the light of your testimony. What God has promised you, you will see the fulfillment of it. Sometimes just before the breakthrough, just before entering into the promised land, people miss it. Don't miss what God has planned for you. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Jude. Jude. 1 verse 5. Let's pray. Precious Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy, your tremendous grace that you have towards us. Thank you, Lord, for your word that is holy, your word that is pure, your word that has sanctification power and healing power and deliverance power. Your word. That's got the ability to discern the intents and the thoughts of our hearts. Oh Lord, help us in this day. Let faith be stirred up in our hearts as I share the message. Let the people hear your voice upon my voice so that change can come into our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. As I was reading this week, I must have read this scripture I don't know how many times in my life. But this week, when I was reading it, it just jumped out. Have you ever had that experience? You think, how could I have missed this scripture? And now suddenly it's just here. Jude 1, verse 5 says, But I want to remind you. He's saying, It's not something that you don't know. You were aware of this. But I want to bring it to remembrance. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, he says, You were aware of this fact. You were walking in this truth. That the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. They were out of slavery. They were out of bondage. They were heading towards the promised land. And they missed what God had planned for them. Verse 6. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain... But left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting change under darkness for the judgment of the great day. He's saying these angels who've experienced a heavenly atmosphere, they have a heavenly assignment because they did not stick to their domain. They've missed it. Heaven is not their portion anymore. Wow. Wow. Now it takes it to the next level, verse seven. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, in a similar manner to these, referring to the above, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as examples, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. He's saying, Sodom and Gomorrah, remember if you go to Genesis thirteen, verse ten, Sodom and Gomorrah was the best of the promised land. It was the best of the best. But because of disobedience, that which was the best of the best became the worst of the worst. It was destroyed. They missed it. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't miss what God has planned for you. Tell them again. Say, don't miss what God has planned for you. He's saying God had planned for Israel a type of the church, the promised land but they missed it. He said there were angels experiencing heaven. They missed it. He says Sodom and Gomorrah was the best, the most beautiful. They missed it. As a matter of fact, when you go and read it, it says Lot lifted up his eyes and he saw. He saw that it was the best. But God spoke to Abram and said, Abram, now lift up your eyes and see from the north, the south, the west, and the east, the land that I've given you that's the look of faith amen when you look from a natural point of view you'll often think that's the best get heaven's opinion get heaven's opinion do you have a promise do you have a promise of what god has given you we live in a changing world but god never changes turn to the person next to you say god never changes A lot of people's choices regarding morality has changed their morality. Don't allow your morality to change your theology. Listen to me. Rather stand with God and be judged by the world than stand with the world and be judged by God. Rather stand with God and be judged by the world than stand with the world and be judged by God. We should not allow the things of the world that are displeasing to God to come into the church. If God has given us a promise, if God has given us assignment, let's not miss what God has planned for us. Amen? Well, you know, when I was reading the scripture, I'm thinking, oh, God, have I missed it? Oh, God, have I missed it? Oh, God, have I missed it? Are you sitting here did that that thought maybe goes go through your mind? I was thinking, God, have I not missed it? How do I make sure that I'm still on the right path? It's all about the heart. If you allow God still to work on your heart, there's hope. Amen? Do you know what's the things that make us miss it? The Bible says it's the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for all these other things. When we allow them to enter into our hearts, we become unfruitful. So all that we have to do is we just have to give God the rightful place in our hearts again, and we can reset all these things that's pulling us in this direction and that direction. He said, but you don't know how many cares I've got, how many challenges I've got. You don't know what's going on in my world. Remember, I started by saying the things that kept Israel out of the promised land was not the things going on on the outside, but what was going on in the inside. When you just focus upon these things, money, possessions, wealth, a large portion of life will pass you by because life is a whole lot more than all these things. Amen. God made a way for Lot and them out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Made a way. In Genesis, God speaks to him and he says, you have to hurry up. Hurry and escape. For I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Can I tell you something? One of the biggest mistakes that we make as Christians We believe God has given us a promise, and now we're waiting for the promised land to come to us. Say, God has given me a promise, I'm just waiting for it to manifest. You don't possess the promise like that. You have to enter into the promised land. God is waiting for you to take the first step. You're going to have to take that first step. In my book, I write about it, that God's word is a lamp unto your feet. If you're standing still doing nothing, you won't see what's the next thing that you have to do. But when you take that step, the light starts to move and you know what's the next thing that you have to do. If you don't know what to do work wise, sometimes just take a step and come and volunteer one day at the church and just do something to advance the kingdom of God. Our obedience is the only proof of our faith. Put your hand to something because God blesses the work of our hands. When a situation seems impossible, doomed, you can see death is written over it. It's not final. God can turn it around. Amen? Yes, give the Lord a hand. The mistake that we make, you know what Lot's wife did? When Lot's wife was moving away from everything that was unrighteous, everything that was wicked, everything that was unholy, when she was moving away from all of those things, she looked back at what she thought she was giving up. And when she looked back at those things, she turned into a salt pillar. Don't let the attractions of Sodom and Gomorrah turn you into a salt pillar. Keep your eyes on God, the promise of God, and what God has planned for you. I'm going to show you this morning, somebody who had no promise, death was written over her, no hope. When she gave glory to God, God changed everything in her life. And I'll show you somebody who had the promise, who entered into the promised land, but because he did not give glory to God, lost what God had predestined and planned for him. It's the time and the hour for the church to give glory to God. Let me tell you something. Chief sinners will come and give glory to God. And you'll say, why is that happening in their lives? Why is God bringing salvation to their family? This is a warning for all of us as Christians that have been serving God for a long time. To continue to give glory to God. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't miss what God has planned for you. Tell them again, say, don't miss what God has planned for you. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Joshua chapter 2. Let me say this about Christianity. Christianity is not the art of seeing how close you can live to sin without sinning. But Christianity is living for righteousness. Christianity is not seeing how close I can live to sin without sinning. We are living for righteousness. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 2. I was so blessed when I was reading this and looking at this. This, Joshua chapter 2 verse 1. Now Joshua the son of Nun sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. Turn to the person next to you, say, God can use anybody. Turn to the person on the other side, say, God can use anybody. They arrived at the house of Rahab, and the Bible specifically mentions that she was a harlot, she was a prostitute. The worst of sinners can be saved. God can use anybody as an instrument of righteousness, an instrument of favor. I think they went to her because maybe she was very discreet and they were busy with an assignment that was very secret. But she knew about God. Go on to verse 8 quickly. Now before they laid down, she came up to them on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Wow, I know that the Lord has given you the land. Faith is acknowledging what you already have. Sometimes those that are not even believers have more faith in what God is doing than we as the church. She's giving glory to God saying, I know that God has given you this land. I know that I'm going to die I know there's no way out for me because God is on your side. That the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. There's a whole sermon just in that. Many times the things that you're afraid of are more afraid of you. Sometimes the things that you are faint-hearted about, those things are faint-hearted about you. The difference is Israel was faint-hearted about the promised land because they looked with their natural eyes at the size of the giants. The promised land's inhabitants were faint-hearted because they knew God was with Israel. Turn to the person next to you say, God is with you. And when God is with you, who can be against you? For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven, above and on earth. Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my Father's house. This woman understood something that God cannot be mocked. Whatever man sows, that he will reap. She's here planting seeds of kindness, knowing that God is just, that God is righteous, that he will show kindness towards her. And give me a true token and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. Wow. Here's a woman with no promise. Here's a woman on the wrong side of the fence. Here's a woman who's not even been serving God. A woman that's a chief sinner by the standards of the world. But she comes and she gives glory to God. She acknowledges Him. Not only that, she says, I'm going to show kindness. Will you show kindness? She steps out in faith, not just for herself, she says for my whole family is that not the promise of God that salvation will come to you and your household turn to the person next to you say there's hope i want to tell you even if you don't have a promise or even if you've had a promise and you've given up on that promise you can start planting seeds of righteousness and you'll see what God will do amen turn to the person next to you say there's hope Tell them again. Say there's hope. Can I tell you something? When God is involved, when the Holy Spirit is involved, a lot of things in your life will change. Many people can say no to sin, but you can only say yes to righteousness when the Holy Spirit is involved. This woman was stepping out in righteousness. She was planting righteous seeds, seeds of kindness, protecting the assignment that God had given these two men. Be busy with the right stuff. She's finding herself in a place where she knows God is going to come and destroy the city. Death is written over her. She says the whole nation has lost their courage to fight. Everybody's hearts is melted. They've given up. But she's taking that small step in doing the right thing. Amen. She could have easily gone and told them because they said, we know these men are with you. Where are they? She could have easily have acted in self-righteousness and said, yes, here they are. Spare me. But she knew that God was Israel, a type of the church, shield, defense, protection. He was the one fighting for them. So even if she had the whole city backing her, she still didn't have God. But she made a decision to choose God. Amen. Turn to the person next to you, say your promise will be fulfilled. Even if you don't have a promise, start to sow righteous seeds. Wow. My spirit was give the Lord a hand. There are people with no promise that will start to give glory to God. And when that happens and the households get saved, a matter of fact, Raya became part of the lineage of Jesus because of her faith. When you go to the book of Hebrews, she says, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith the harlot Rhea did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Her faith is the thing that pleased God. Amen. She saw all of that. She experienced all of that. All she had to do was drop a red scarlet, a line, let it hang out there. And that would be the sign. That was her part. I'm not going to go into all of that and the meaning of that, but you know what happened in Egypt when they came out of Egypt? They had to put the blood on the doorpost. Amen. Amen. Rahab teaches us that the worst of sinners can be saved. The worst of sinners can be saved. All of this, the rest is history. We know how the walls of Jericho came down and they had victory. Joshua's moving in. They had to keep quiet, not say a word. The last day they had to shout. Let me just say this. Many people's Jericho walls have not come down because you've not kept quiet. Many people's Jericho walls have remained up because you've been talking too much. That's for free. But we know the story how the walls came down. They had the victory. It's awesome. It's great. They have to go now and possess the next city. They're moving towards I. The people came and they say, listen, Joshua, we, we saw what God did here in Jericho. This city is small. It's nothing. We need 3,000 men. We don't need all of the armies. We only need 3,000 men. We will take care of this very quickly. Self-confidence, stepping out. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 7. I want to show you quickly what happened here. Verse 19. No, sorry, verse 3. And they turned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up, and attack I. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. This is going to be easy. See, this is going to be easy. So about three thousand men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about thirty-six men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Sheribb and struck them down on the descent. Therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Family, look at me. The whole nation, the whole promised land, everybody in there's hearts have melted. They have no courage to fight. Here a few people came that should be an easy victory. Now the tables have turned around. Israel's hearts have melted. What's going on? They have the promise. They're walking in the promise. They want the victory. doesn't work out. Why? Because Achan didn't give glory to God. Yes, somebody who has the promise, who stepped into the promised land, but is not giving glory to God. And he missed it. He missed it. Deuteronomy 8, verse 18 says, It's God who gives you the ability, the power to be successful so that the covenant between you and him can be established. It says, When you've received everything in the promised land, don't say you've done it. Don't claim things that are not yours. Why did this happen? You know the story where Achan held back and took things that were not his. Why was that sin so detrimental? Because God said, the first of everything belongs to me. We're busy here with holy stuff. He says, the first belongs to me. What's the first city in the promised land? The first city is Jericho. So God says, Jericho belongs to me you give Jericho to me. All the other cities is yours, but the first fruit of the promised land, you have to give it to me because if the first portion is holy, the rest will be holy. Can you see that? Giving honor and glory to God in the first. Rahab had no promise, but she started giving glory to God. And she possessed a promise. Achan had the promise, but he did not give glory to God. And he missed what God had planned for him. Go to verse 19. Now Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel. I almost want to say as a pastor, Speaking to a congregation, I beg you, continue to give glory to God in everything that you do. I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession to him and tell him now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I've sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And this is what I've done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment... 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. And there they are hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. The deceitfulness of riches, the case of this world, chokes the word of God out of a person's heart that it becomes unfruitful. When you take what belongs to God, you're not giving glory to God's. Rahab didn't have anything, but she gave glory to God. Her focus was on the creator, not on the possessions. Achan's focus was on the possessions, and it deceived his heart. It's the deceitfulness of riches that chokes the word of God out of our hearts. Jesus himself spoke, and he tells a parable about two sons, that came to him and he said to the one, go work in the field. And he said, yes, I'll do it. But then when he left, he did nothing. And the other son said, no, I won't. But then he went and he did it. And Jesus goes on and he says that chief sinners, tax collectors and prostitutes will enter into the kingdom of God before us. For us as Christians, where we've said, yes, God, I'll do it. But in our hearts, we're saying, no, I'm not going to do it. Does your confession still have your heart's full agreement? This is a warning to all of us as Christians, not just to say yes, to make sure that that confession has your heart's full agreement. You know what's the good news? The worst of sinners will enter the kingdom of God. When they start to obey the word of God and they start to walk in what God has planned for them, they'll enter in. I want to say this. Maybe you sit here and you say, I don't have a promise. There's good news for you. Even if you don't have a promise and you start planting righteous seeds, seeds of kindness, giving glory to God, God will change everything about you. Not only you, but your whole family. For us that have been serving God for a long time, let's go reset our faith and make sure that we're putting God first that we're loving God, that we're giving Him the rightful place in our hearts. 1 John says the following, 2 John 1, 8 says, Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we have worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. That which you've worked for, don't let it go now. Can I say this time of the year, When everybody is tired, everybody is frustrated, everybody has to reach their targets before December, you're under pressure. Don't just go and resign from this job that God has given you. Can I have one amen? You prayed and you asked God for this job and God has given it to you and now you're under pressure. You have to keep quiet while you're looking at those Jericho walls. And God says, shh. Just walk, just walk. They're going to come down. But now we're talking. And the walls are staying up. And you're getting more and more frustrated. Every city in the promised land was a battle. Turn to the person next to you say, battles are normal. You're not in heaven yet. You're still on earth. But you'll have the victory. Because God is with you. We can learn from the life of David. Achan should have prayed, Lord, restore the joy of your salvation back into my heart and uphold me by your generous spirit. Many of us, let's just get back to God. That first love for Jesus, let that be restored in your heart. When Jesus has got the rightful place in your heart, the cares of this world will not matter so much. Because your focus are not upon the silver and the gold, but your eyes upon him who made the silver and the gold. Amen. And when we give Jesus, yes, give the Lord a hand. When we give Jesus the rightful place and you see that promise and you take action and you walk in it, you will never miss what God has planned for you. Because as a son and daughter of God, you'll be led by the Holy Spirit. And even if you find yourself in a Sodom and Gomorrah, God will show you what is the way out. Show you what is the way out, how to get out of that that situation. But if God is taking you into the promised land and you've crossed over, there's often going to be battles. There's often going to be high walls. There's often going to be giants. But as you give glory to God in an impossible situation where you know the walls are going to come down. When you've committed to God and you give Him glory and He sees that red scarlet, that line there, all the walls will come down except yours. You'll be there safe and sound because God will be your shield. He'll be your protection. And that blessing that will come to you and your family will not just be for that generation generations to come, Rahab became part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. You cannot miss what God has planned for you if you continue to give God glory in everything. Allah, give the Lord a hand. Stand to your feet. Please stand to your feet. We have to do some, some praying. Amen. You have your part to play as well. Are you ready? Let me hear you pray. Say, Precious Father... Make my soul ready to receive you. Make my spirit ready to follow you. Make my spirit ready to follow you. Father, grant unto my soul the spirit of a faithful servant. A faithful servant. Pray it again. Say, precious Father, Grant unto my soul the spirit of a faithful servant. Right now, I challenge and I pull down the forces of intolerance and unfaithfulness in my life in Jesus' mighty name. Start to disconnect yourself from all those things. Your nature is not unfaithfulness. Your nature is the nature of Christ who is faithful at all times. Amen. Say, Precious Father... Precious Lord, open my understanding so that I will doubt no more. Open my understanding that I will doubt no more. Open my understanding that I will doubt no more, more, that I will worry no more, and that I will fear no more. Help me, O Lord, that I will worry no more. Every care, every worry, Every deceitfulness of riches I place in your hands. Help me, O Lord. Say, thank you, Lord, for lifting me up every time I stumble. Say, thank you, Lord, for lifting me up every time I stumble. stumble. Thank you for not allowing my enemies to triumph over me, to rejoice over me. Precious Father, come into my heart by your Holy Spirit and sanctify my heart. Grant unto me a humble heart. Grant unto me a sincere heart. Grant unto me a humble heart. Grant unto me a sincere heart. heart. Give me a hearing heart. Give us a heart with no rebellion. A heart that does not bear grudges. A heart that is quick to forgive. Sanctify my heart. Sanctify my heart. I command into the body of Christ, the spirit of obedience. I will not miss what God has planned for me. I will not miss what God has planned for me. But I give Him the rightful place in my heart. Come and rule in my heart. Come and reign in my heart. In Jesus' name. name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Right there where you are, just put your right hand on your heart. Raise your other hand to heaven and pray aloud after me. Say, Precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. I need the Savior of the world to save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, that He's alive right now, making intercession for all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life well-pleasing in Your sight. I am now a child of the Most High God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you've prayed that prayer in humility and sincerity of heart, your sins are forgiven. Your past is over. You are busy moving out of Egypt towards the promised land. Amen. Don't talk about Egypt anymore. Egypt is over. Talk about the promises that God has given you. Amen. If you want to enter into the promised land, the best and the safest way, be around people that can believe with you those that can walk with you. Get involved in a living church. If you're from around here, we have to take responsibility for you to train you, to disciple you so that you can finish strong. Amen. Amen. So that you don't miss it. Because anybody can miss it. Two believers are better than one. Amen. Has your faith been lifted? Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm not going to miss it. And you're not going to miss it. I'm going to look out for you. You look out for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.